0: Shafee? Shafee, are you there? Hey, Shafee, have a nice podcast. What is a podcast?
1: Well, well, well. If it isn't those sounds again, those smooth sounds... Brought to us by Brian Benitez. You know what they mean. I know what they mean. They mean dusk has fallen on the hill country once again. They mean that I am behind my microphone in the back room of my ivy-covered castle. Nailed it. (laughs) They mean that Matthew is in front of his green screen on which is projected the image of a fake but very detailed. And very, uh, very realistic looking mirage, and it means it's time for one magical hour—a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. I'm ready. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready.
0: You may say that I'm a podcaster, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you will join us, and the metrics will finally be right. I mean, after you're all in, and and we stopped talking about the metrics. Rest in in peace, John Lennon. It's 40 40 years to the day that uh, some jerk face shot John Lennon.
1: 40 years ago, huh?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? (laughs) Long time gone. They were talking on ESPN today about Howard Cosell's monday night football announcement oh uh-huh. he he got the news and they were they were playing the the off-air conversation between him and frank gifford about whether he's like is you know do you feel like it's appropriate to break this news right now and frank gifford was like yes he's a cultural icon and people need to know you need to tell them um do you think that would happen in this day and time i
0: i, I don't think it would I think well, the, I don't because you know then it's like everybody was watching Monday. Every, that was the main media outlet. Now, it would if if somebody were to be assassinated or some breaking news were to happen, I, I don't think they'd cut into the football broadcast. I don't think you'd hear it from Troy Aikman.
1: No, and everybody would know about it beforehand via Twitter and all the other stuff. The, the news updates on their phone. They would probably. A, a large portion of the world would get it at the same time Troy Aikman got it, to right. be honest. You know. Right,
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: But at the time, I can't even imagine, you know, he was, uh, he was a figure who made a big impression on a lot of people. My uh, my mother included, you know, uh, uh, a bunch of people. Uh, big news. Something more than just songwriting, right? You sure, know, uh, Absolutely. It's hard to explain those things. Actually, we're going to be talking about it a little bit later. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, be-
0: Beatlemania was with, was a massive fad.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and just, but just the the kind of impact, the kind of emotional and cultural impact that uh, that an a celebrity of any kind, I mean not even necessarily an artist can have on human beings who aren't physically connected with them at all you know who they're only connected through the you know the prism of the media and of the art or you know whatever it is that they're creating or maybe even aren't you know maybe aren't creating maybe it's just media that's the way it's going this these days right but uh still somehow they affect who we are in a way that seems larger to me than even than even just just art and it's funny having this conversation. I was just later on we're going to get to uh, field correspondent Dickie Hall's New York Times story about Val Kilmer, which uh, Dickie and I both have an affection for eccentric celebrities. I think we're, we're we're not unusual in that way. Everybody gets excited, but I think I think uh, Dick and I take a certain pleasure. Uh, it's a, a little
0: pe- niche. I don't a particular I don't think pleasure. It's, uh...
1: Uh, they're maybe not necessarily everybody. Sure, I mean, people might say, "Oh, that guy's weird," but you know, people some, are interested in weirdos. Yeah, but they immediately kind of get. Uh, I would say Dickie and I put him on a pedestal. That Fair enough. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's appropriate. the difference. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> sure. But uh, that's you know, kind of uh, the more bizarre
0: and chaotic a person's behavior becomes, the more esteemed they are
1: in y'all's book. That's what I was doing. I uh, just when you kind of were asking me if I was distracted, I was rereading that article, trying to decide what it was that I wanted to say about Val Kilmer, and I think it, you know it has something to do with that. How uh, some people manage to be bigger even than their than their own contribution to their art, and. Uh, They do it by pure force of personality. Is that like us, (laughs) Shafee? I think so. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, that is a a funny joke, but uh, it's not impossible that it could be that way. It's not impossible that is somewhat true.
0: (laughs) There's a kernel of veracity in that absurd statement.
1: It's like... Keep in mind, it's just the kernel, guys. We're yeah. talking about the seed. Hey, or maybe it'll maybe it'll grow into a big weird tree, or maybe a cactus, or something.
0: Or maybe a huge, huge podcast. Um, <laughs> how about uh, first thing? I'd like to um, first thing. Eighteen minutes into the show. Uh, first thing, I would like to say, hey, good to see you. We uh, it's been a minute. Wonderful. Uh, we had a massive. Wonderful. We had a massive last Thursday cast with uh alex battles quite a character um is he ever actually had a hunter gatherer who shall remain unnamed ask me is that guy a character (laughs) oh
1: he's gonna love that i had to
0: be like uh (laughs) no who could write that character yeah (laughs) nobody could um no, I, this
1: is Radio Verite, folks. But there's no doubt that Alex Battles is larger than life.
0: Both. I would like to welcome you and me to, oh, and the Hunter Gatherers to episode 47.
1: Here we are. Um, Tagline,
0: okay, for episode 47, I got a couple of taglines. Episode 47, or some Tuesday in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Or how about this, how about this? Episode 47, the nebulous episode just kidding just kidding that makes it seem like we're not prepared and tonight folks we are prepared i, would say I have we're... Pre- i have i have pre- prepared something for Schaefer. uh we are going to do the great american avocado review of great american fads we were I'm talking so we were talking about, about fads on the show and i have always been absolutely fascinated with a thing a show or a movie or a toy or a diet or Uh, whatever it is that elicits this emotive response to to everybody and it it's oftentimes now i think that a fad is a flash in the pan it's a it has a lifespan i i will say in researching fads there are a lot of things that people would consider a fad but that actually ended up having like you know, change, changing the culture, and uh, something that I feel like got popular and never really became sort of unpopular. Um, and I maybe, maybe I maybe I was trying to kind of make a distinction with that in the list that I have curated for you to review later. And let me tell you, uh, just like our conspiracy theories review, it's gonna run long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope you're not busy. Or if you're busy, I hope you're able to listen to the show while you're doing your thing.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's definitely the those are the best kinds. The best way to the best way to listen to this cut podcast is definitely to be doing something else that you know, maybe something important, but something that doesn't necessarily like require all of your attention. Yeah, and and you know, you don't you don't have to listen to every word we say, because you know, there's
0: I, we mispronounce some of them there's and a lot
1: of, there's use a lot of some of them incorrectly. Yeah. In there. Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a good way to uh, it's a good way to help pass the time when we're doing a lot of you know our, our, the, the mundane things in our lives. Now, I want I would like you guys to know, do not replace one magical hour with meditation or exercise or uh creative uh endeavors or poor choices you know or yeah or the everyday poor choices that make us who we are that make that make the wine taste so sweet uh do not do not do that but yeah sure if you're if you're populating a database at work or if you're uh populating your dish rack at home if you're uh if you're on the treadmill if you're Commuting. Commuting is a great time. Uh, I would just like to echo Matthew's earlier implication that we are glad to be back. I am so glad to be back. And I wanted to, which we haven't done in a while, I wanted to look at some hard numbers here. I wanted to to look at the metrics and tell you guys that uh, we are at... At 3,419 all-time downloads uh, on the fast track to 5,000, uh, we are at 993 unique listeners, knocking on the door of 1,000 unique listeners. Um, we're definitely averaging 150 listeners a week, which is kind of, you know, that was kind of our first goal, so, um, so we're there, you know. And wait, seems wait, there were goals? There were definitely, definitely goals. Oh, shoot, I
0: missed that slide.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I'm glad yeah. to hear that we're uh, we're hitting our goals.
1: And the hunter-gatherers, uh, the members of One Magical Nation out there, they're the ones who made this happen. So thank you to each and every one of you. It, it has been really fun over these 47, 47 episodes, and I'm... I am seriously looking forward to, you know, hundreds, hundreds more. Uh, And uh, we're still not anywhere near close to running out of things to talk about, are we, Matthew?
0: Oh, um, no. (laughs) No, no, no.
1: (laughs) But but what are we going to talk about tonight?
0: (laughs) i don't know but i wrote a beat for it whatever a little Rainer bit of about.
1: i think a little bit what of are you talking little, about a little this? bit of speaking of alex battles that's the a little show bit of,
0: sheet is jam-packed We're, we barely have time for all
1: this bit of but, alex battles uh servicing right there with the uh the robot
0: do you think alex battles is the only listener who enjoys the robot i'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna do my alex battles impersonation Where, where's where's the robot where's the robot it surprised he, uh, it surprised uh, me that he asked for it go, i was just about that, to i was I'm just about
0: to cut that segment
1: just ask you, to, go, go get that robot we'll we'll wait we'll wait
0: and i i jumped Love right that.
1: too i was like oh, yeah,
0: yeah yeah let's do this um no it's been a minute we recharged i've I'm reaching farther and farther states of exhaustion. The uh, older I get, like it's a deeper bottom each time with my levels of exhaustion. What's going (laughs) on? Alex Battles was asking us about the Cthulhu bit, where you know I had used the name of the Dark Lord Cthulhu and in passing, and we were we were hit with a cease and desist. Oh no, I I reread the cease and oh you you sent me the cease and desist. I, I I realized that I it wasn't in passing. I had I had claim to be a follower of,
1: the Dark was, Lord of Cthulhu. that was the,
0: that was what I had done and that was my transgression. But that's on that is episode twelve. If you want to revisit that, according oh, to this I, show sheet, I would guess that would be episode eleven and twelve because I said the name sometime in eleven, and then I thought it would be so funny to to, to get a fake cease and desist letter. Also, major spoilers ahead. It was a fake cease and desist letter.
1: Also, so, um, I posted that on our Facebook page, so
0: Oh good. Oh you oh you posted the season desist? I did, yeah. Oh man. So you That's can go awesome. I shouldn't go have read it.
1: I shouldn't have said it was a
0: fake. <laughs> well look, we gotta we gotta get to we got some things to get to, but first I think we need a light, a fun, just a little vacation. Let's just let's just go on a news cruise.
1: All right. Uh, real quickly, because other people, including our our pod. Oh, sorry. Should we do the Should we do the theme song?
0: Oh, it's playing. Trust okay. me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Go on.
1: News. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Go on. Exciting and news. There you go. Uh, <laughs> real quick, because. A lot of people have already covered this, including our podfathers uh, Luke and Andrew over on TBTL. But uh, I wanted to just talk real quick about Bob Dylan's selling of his publishing rights for three hundred million dollars. And I, it's they've been people have been kicking around some ideas about, um, and wow, well, talk about somebody who is. Uh, a person an eccentric person in addition to being a a very uh power you know powerful and influential artist. But uh people have been kicking around some ideas like he's worried that taxes are gonna go up in the Biden administration. So yeah, it's I, like I this is that. a way of a, which I, I, I think it's funny. I don't I really don't think that's right. I think probably um honestly I think probably has to do with the fact that he's rapidly aging. Uh, or sorry, he's aging at the same, he's aging at the same rate as us. <laughs> it's of, one that?
0: time around the sun. He's not, <laughs> and we call that a year.
1: Sorry, uh, what I meant was he's he's getting up there. One all, revolution of say. the
0: Earth is a day,
1: <laughs> and probably liquidating some of these assets and you know, uh, turning them from you know something less tangible into something hard that you can either you know. Uh, pay for uh pay for a nursing home with or uh pay for a home care or fantastic kids, nursing home whatever you might be doing uh with the <laughs> 300 million top level care right there at the end gosh it's really weird but th- just 300 million doesn't sound like as much to me as it used to <laughs> know, I'm, just
0: like, gl- I'm just glad to hear about an artist getting paid for something
1: Yeah, no kidding,
0: right? (laughs) Quite honestly. When I hear that, that was my first thing. I was like, oh, finally, somebody's paying some money for some art. Bob Dylan's Mm -hmm. good.
1: (laughs) Uh, But.
0: You kids, get on the Spotify. Check out that Bob Dylan. uh,
1: What I was thinking was interesting, and I was worried about this, because, you know, like with my thing about him doing that because he's getting up there in years, then I was worried like, oh, man, is he going to stop the perpetual tour now? And this might sound weird to people who have heard, you know, about Bob Dylan's touring show and how not very good it is. And it's really it's not a lot of the times. It's not that great. I've seen him four times. Uh, Three times were three of the worst shows I've ever seen. But one time worse than
0: that time we saw the spin
1: doctors. (laughs) One time. We didn't. Did we see the spin Not doctors? Kidding.
0: That, I, that was a joke I made up <laughs> okay. for the podcast.
1: Well, I, uh, we could have seen the spin doctors back in the day, and I. We saw. I, I remember Matthew Roy and I went to see James. You know, this bed is on fire James uh-huh, sure. with passion and love. We saw them at West LA in in Lovick down on Brownfield Highway. That was a
0: big. Or, that was a big song. That might have been uh, in the realm of a minor fad. That
1: was. Was that Brownfield Highway? What was the. What's now? You mean Mar- the Marsha Sharp? Yeah. What's what's way? Do used to be a Brownfield Highway? Is that right? I believe
0: that is correct.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a
0: little Lubbock regional talk for all you Lubbock guys. <laughs> a little,
1: little little Lubbock servicing there. West LA, you guys remember that? I, I don't like the phrase Lubbock if, servicing.
0: I you... barely tolerate fan servicing. <laughs>
1: if you. If you have a memory of West LA, please get at me. It's not that kind of show. Please get at me with memories of West LA. Oh my god. Uh Anyway, uh one of them was the best Bob Dylan show I've ever seen. And I I was thinking that I would like to see him again even though there's a chance that it could be terrible and that would be the last time I see him. But i have always any time i've had the opportunity i've wanted to go see him and it's for two reasons one like he is is somebody who's very uh he very actively maintains his persona and changes his persona and likes to do those eccentric things that appeal to me you know uh that don't always it's it's sometimes they can be downright upsetting to the fans but uh kind of you know if you're by all accounts he's a pretty unpleasant dude to be around i i have no doubt about that i I don't
0: (laughs) uh, that's neither here nor there i don't i don't think that has anything to do with uh you know the cultural impact that we're talking
1: about with lennon and dylan and possibly val kilmer i tell you i'm having beers with val kilmer way before i'm having them with dylan but uh right uh, but uh, but either of either of those evenings would be deeply weird. I have no doubt about it. But I was also thinking, like my relationship with Bob Dylan, change has changed too. So like, kind of even if, even if, you know his show would not may not may not be the best. It might be downright terrible. Uh, I still like to connect with the person and both. In me, it, as, as the person I am, who's different from the person who first uh, put on headphones and listened to his first Bob Dylan cassette, uh, and also, who are we as co-hosts of this show to criticize a terrible show? <laughs> I think we're, we're definitely people understand how they can, some some are better than others. Some can go off the rails. You know what I
0: mean? When you're doing 150 nights a year.
1: No doubt about that. That's, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, so, yeah, that's really all I wanted to say. It was kind of, it was funny to think about that. And, you know, it also, you know, made me a little melancholy to think that there uh, is a time when love him or hate him, the guy's not going to be here anymore um so i don't hate the guy i'm just
0: sort of non really by you, by um i'm not i'm not particularly a dylan fan but i, I certainly uh recognize his impact and i i'm for that matter i'm really more of a paul mccartney guy than a john lennon guy but
1: I, you, I recognize his value mccartney is somebody yeah, i mean
0: you know all of these did you know that mccartney was in a band before wings
1: Uh, Um. Yes, I did. Uh, I for a second there, I thought you were talking about some band in between. The
0: oh no, it was called the Beatles. They were fans of the Crickets.
1: (laughs) I was trying to think of a band in between Wings and the Beatles, like maybe there was. You know the Crickets. Uh he wasn't in the crickets that was i know but the
0: beatles were inspired by the name of the crickets
1: oh is that right to to call it the beatles lubbock uh lubbock native you're gonna get some lubbock Lubbock hunter gatherers yelling at their speakers here if you keep uh falsely attributing buddy holly work to paul mccartney my friend
0: no i'm no i just mentioned the crickets (laughs) because uh, because that's where it all starts lubbock okay um I'd like to welcome uh, Field Correspondent Schaefer Hall by way of Field Correspondent Dickie Hall.
1: Field Correspondent Dickie Hall, as I mentioned before, sent me this New York Times article. Uh, I will I will put it up on the Facebook page. It's a really good kind of deep dive on him. Uh, and uh, uh, some things that I already knew about him. Is it an interview with Falco? Yeah. Yeah, it's a chat, uh, uh, and, and a reflection, uh, Uh, some things that I already knew about him. Uh, he's recovering from throat cancer, but he's also a, uh, he's a Christian scientist. So he was, he was actually, and a very devout, devout Christian scientist too. He was fully prepared to, uh, to let, uh, let the good Lord handle everything, but, uh, his children weren't so confident and so they actually influenced him to get uh to get medical help and um i guess you know i guess who knows what it was that that uh got him on the mend but he is on the mend he uh i mean his voice is shot you know he speaks through the tracheotomy tube or whatever um, oh wow th- but uh, that's terrible but he has some interesting things to say about that hmm. um, he talks about I didn't realize that he had gone to Juilliard um, and he s- he says that uh, the New York Times reporter whose name I should get for you the New York Times reporter Taffy Brodesser-Ackner commented on his, you know, was talking with him about his voice. Uh, The reporter said, the sound is something between a squeak and a voiceless roar. He says, the fact that I can understand him is a result of the endless vocal exercises that he was trained to do when he went to Juilliard after high school. He was taught to work his voice like it was a trumpet. Uh, he hated the authoritarian rule at Julliard, whereas there he hated those stupid vocal exercises, but uh, uh, that's he says that, you know, that that is probably the only reason that he's able to express himself today. Wow. Um, so the interesting thing to me uh, after this was he talked about going to this place called Hellmell, h-e-l-m-e-l uh which is this uh it's it sounds to me like a strip mall basically that he's taken over on melrose avenue in hollywood and uh he's got what? art galleries <laughs> all art galleries in there there's a listen to this matthew there's a podcasting studio um uh office space art studio uh it's also imagine
0: uh, that Val Kilmer became our patron,
1: kind of a. Uh, it's, it's it doesn't seem unimaginable to me. You're right. That sort uh, of
0: seems well within the realm. <laughs> uh, Certainly before that Cthulhu season descends,
1: and uh, also a, kind of a museum to like his movie career. It's it sounds like a magical, like kind of weird Willy Wonka like place. Uh, Hellmelt's mission is to serve as a fun sacred space where eclectic artists gather with novices to collaborate and through new technology inspire change and spark giving in our local underserved community. Um, so he does like, he puts on Shakespeare with, uh, with, uh, underprivileged schools, um, but he also like does his own just wild. So there's, oh yeah, South Central Los Angeles, uh, high school students doing Hamlet. Um, they screen movies in there, but uh, the, okay. So go back to the Taffy's description. He sat at his desk. Behind him was a replica of a painting he had sold to Robert Downey Jr. And on the other side, oh, I thought he had sold this to. On the other side, a maybe two foot tall Batman figure with a Mark Twain head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this <laughs> is this is where I learned a new dazzling deet about. Val Kilmer, and that is that uh, he, yeah, he considers Mark Twain to be kind of, uh, uh, you know, one of the most important uh, uh, people in, you know, important influences on his life. Uh, The twin influences of Mark Twain and Mary Baker Eddy, who's the founder of Christian scientists. He said that those are the two people (laughs) from the past who are most influential on Val Kilmer. So he created the short film, animated film, in which Mark Twain falls asleep and dreams of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, resulting in his waking up and realizing that Mary Baker Eddy was correct about God's eminent perfection and the theories of Miss Eddy, as Kilmer calls her, about God's capacity to heal. Kilmer loves a lot of things, but two of the tops are Mark Twain and Mrs. Eddie.
0: Maybe for another episode. Um, who are your two most influential people from the past, and what sort of movie would you cast them in together?
1: I, I but would, for another episode, I will. Uh, I will well, definitely think uh, about that.
0: I'll up,
1: I'll, sw- I'll swing back around to that. Take up that sword and shield in that little battle with myself. Uh, so he was, he was planning to take this to South by Southwest and then the pandemic broke out and he was, he was upset about it. You know, he said, and he said, bad things happen, but you still need art. And that is certainly, uh, that's why we started the podcast. I, uh, yeah, exactly. That definitely, definitely spoke to me. And uh, it's interesting that uh, Taffy talks about her uh, early relationship with Val Kilmer, like, you know, top secret and real genius, you know, which we love, you know, and how <clears throat> yeah. it's kind of this, but, but what you come to understand from the article is that Val Kilmer was always kind of a much bigger person than just a... Uh, a bigger and more complicated person than just a hollywood movie star and uh and it kind of um it kind of all caught up with him and you know uh to some extent kind of pushed him out of commercial movies and you know it got him you know following these other these other paths
0: he's definitely somebody that like disappeared
1: yeah and I think part of that, I'm sure part of that had to do with the cancer, but also.
0: But I no, I mean he, before the cancer, like he he was sort of a fad, in a way. Like he had a he, a heyday, and then he disappeared from com- like you say commercial movies. Really, like I mean, and there was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was sort of a like oh there's Val Kilmer again, and that
1: was in 2005. You know, you're right. Yeah, and what a great movie that was. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, you know, I kind of, you know, I want to let people read the article and draw their own conclusions, but to me, I definitely, from this, you know, really interesting, you know, at times funny, um, but ultimately quite moving article, you know, uh, I, I, I took the story of a guy who you know, had, had much bigger aspirations, much bigger ideas about himself and ideas about how he wanted to engage with the world than just his job. Uh, You know, even though his job was movie star and, uh, and how he just, he went after them wholeheartedly and weirdly and without worrying about what anyone was going to think of him. And I think that that is super cool. And that's, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of problems uh, with Val Kilmer, but I I enjoyed thinking about his person in that way. And, yeah, and I found it very inspirational. Um, particularly, yeah. I, I find it super cool
0: when uh, Dickie brings content right and just puts it on our plate yeah because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what you know we're we're doing a lot up here and so if you've got some
1: content send it our way i'm sure we have you all have people like this uh or i hope everybody has someone like this in their lives when dicky sends me an article a link to an article i know i should you know i know i should read it um you're right right i hear what you're saying you know, yes he's like that and
0: I think without further ado, it is time for, sorry, I I wasn't quite ready. It is time for your favorite segment and mine. Well, it's a brand new segment. I don't know how it could be anybody's favorite. The Great American Avocado Review of Great American Fads. And I'd just like to remind everybody... We're on an eight of eight scale here. So Schaefer is going to review these fads and give him eight out of eight. Eight out of eight. A fad, a trend, a craze, some kind of collective behavior. It develops within a culture. It spreads out. All of a sudden, it's everywhere.
1: First of all, I tell you this. Fads, trends, you know, some of them I can take them. Some of them I can leave them. But, man, I love a good craze. Mm, Me too, buddy.
0: It's just like mob rule, but with your pocketbook. You're just buying koosh balls, and you don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I think fads are – they achieve this short-lived popularity – but they but they sort of go away. And so I, I've been looking at lists of fads from different times, and there are some things where I'm like,, hmm, I don't know if that really ever went away. Or there's some things that some people consider a fad. Like I saw Saved by the Bell listed as a fad. I don't I don't think just a popular TV show is a fad. I think there has to be some kind of,, um, I like to see collective behavior that is, frightening and outside the norm (laughs) around something that's super trivial
1: okay well let me tell you why i think then like saved by the bell could fall into this category i think there was there's a lot of us in this world who watched saved by the bell when we were much too old to be watching it (laughs) and enjoyed it so i think that that might be where the fad or trend might come in
0: Oh okay well, I don't you're not talking about us right because I think we were right like we were r- right at that age
1: No I think we were a little older than the age
0: oh I, I, I mean know. I know when say when say by the bell came out we were we were younger than them Maybe it went on a few years but I, I'm certain I was in junior high and they were in high school on the show but the the real point of saved by the bell for me was that i lived in lubbock and they lived by the bayside Mm -hmm. you know that's it it was tough for me to realize oh why would anyone make their home here but anyway that's neither here nor there this isn't an anti-lubbock show this is the fads show (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna start i've gathered uh a few fads from three different decades the 80s the 90s and the 2000s and if we go on tangents here maybe we can split those up but at least for right now I've got those three decades for us to talk about and I'm going to start with everybody's favorite Cold War Kids the 80s now here's one that was one of the I think one of the first ones in my life where I was like whoa people are doing what and then here it is Cabbage Patch (laughs) Dolls cabbage patch dolls cabbage patch dolls were such a craze and I remember the first Christmas and there were tales of fights in stores and mothers lining up for hours to get cabbage patch dolls mothers and fathers sorry I mean it wasn't gender specific Um, although most fathers were out gambling in the 80s as far as I (laughs) knew. yeah drinking drinking at the bar yeah um going to their men's clubs so what what do you think Shafee? what's your rating on cabbage patch dolls
1: i don't know I, what the criteria
0: is again
1: but i think i, I think it,
0: to me tell us if these fads impacted your life or if you were like
1: whoa i First of all, don't tell me how to rate these fads. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you rate these <laughs> fads like you like. Totally, but I mean,
0: yeah. ju- but maybe tell the listeners how you're planning on.
1: I first of all I do not I remember my sister eventually got a cabbage patch kid, but not in any sort of timely fashion and she was not banging any doors down about it either. Um I think, you know, uh uh anything that's uh, gosh, it's it doesn't speak to the best in humanity that people were fighting over these poorly made dolls, for poorly made overpriced dolls. How because, dare you,
0: sir? They were just, of quality construction.
1: <laughs> just maybe, maybe, I don't. All right, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, I remember them being. I feel like they kind of felt like they were made of like stuffed. Pantyhose, but I, maybe I don't remember. Maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. And I remember they had very weird belly buttons.
0: I, I, the faces were so bizarre, and there was this aspect of them where all the faces were different.
1: Yeah. Um. Now, which,
0: which seems impossible.
1: <laughs> uh, I do think it's interesting that this fad then. Engendered another fad, right? Garbage pale kids.
0: Oh right, uh huh. Which and uh, was on one of the lists. I had not curated so I, that, but
1: I think it's funny that that there are these two, like, kind of. I I, I, I don't really find garbage pale kids all that funny.
0: Oh, I found them um, thrilling at the time.
1: Uh, you know, and that those I did like I wanted to collect, but mostly because I knew how much they did not appeal to my parents. And right. That was the that was the draws. There Parents was definitely there was a very appalled. forbidden sort of feeling to these things. So we 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 definitely got after those anyway we could, because we weren't supposed to. Uh, so I think that that's I think that's funny, and uh, so you know so in that regard and you know part of just like this kind of big weird picture of American culture. Uh, why don't we just say like I'll give the whole thing about six avocados okay but you know hey anytime people are beating each other up over retail that's always zero avocados in my book just you know <laughs>
0: okay okay
1: don't just wait where really you stand on that deal wait and buy it in a couple of weeks for sure
0: <laughs> well let's stay in the retail arena all right and let's talk about hypercolor shirts Okay the, it's, I, I definitely
1: thought that they were cool Yeah I did too um, I thought they were the, the bee's knees I had one Uh, You know In retrospect you know it seems weird You know cause especially like in Houston It's gonna like It's gonna kind of highlight All the places where you're sweaty and warm You know uh, Yeah I can see so, them
0: being Different in the
1: northeast Yeah so that's funny <laughs> But you know, I, anything that's anything where you're c- kind of combining science with, you know, they were sciency with whatever you want to call it, hoi polloi culture, or you know, like what I don't know what t-shirts. I don't anything, think
0: anybody would call
1: it hoi polloi culture. Something is something is that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's isn't that what you all want to call it?
0: <laughs> now that you mention it, like when I think about the type of store that that was sold in, then yes, I see what you're saying.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but something. So the my point is, is, something as cutting edge as hypercolor technology combined with something as mundane as a shirt. I love that. Uh, I, that so that gets you know that gets a solid seven avocados. You
0: find book. shirts mundane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well. Uh, okay. We we were at we were doing retail. Look, I'm I'm recording your avocados. So. Oh great. Um, um, we were doing retail, but and this is um, we're moving towards fashion, and I want to talk to you about mullets. All right. Mullets was a big thing. You could find them everywhere, even on my head. Really? Oh, no, I had some mullets. I, I did. You find whole... me a
1: picture of Mullety Matthew. Sure.
0: There, I could find you a picture of uh, Mullety permed, permed Mullety Matthew. What? For sure, my my third grade class picture.
1: Oh. For sure, got a
0: per, a mullet and a perm.
1: Congratulations. There's a dazzling
0: Deet, Hunter Gallows. Now,
1: you didn't ask me about mullets with perms. Mullets with I perms. Was, it was implicit. Seven avocados. Just a regular old mullet. Now that's more like four or five avocados. Okay, I see the... I'm
0: going to split the difference and give it six.
1: <laughs> I don't think... I definitely... I, I would... You know, in this day and age, I would try not to hate on any hairstyle. Um... And I think that there are people who have done the mullet very well. Like uh, Billy Ray Cyrus? Billy Ray Cyrus. I mean, that was impressive. I don't know. I don't... I can't say that I care much about that guy in any... I don't have strong feelings about that guy in any way. Um, I like it that Miley is rocking a mullet currently. Miley, uh, on the other hand, she's done a lot of stuff that impresses me a great deal. Yeah, she's Um, cool. Uh, Billy Ray, I think I don't know. I I, th- I feel like some of the things I've heard about him uh, make me kind of want to kind of want to cancel that guy and his mullet. Mm. However, you know, give me a good uh, Andre Agassi mullet anyway mm. of the week, my friend. Andre and, Agassi was a winner, sir. And you know,
0: oh, but but his hair is, his hair that's was okay. fake. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's
1: all right. That's uh, yeah. all right. He he rocked it. Um, he rocked it. It looked good. It was cool.
0: I like how this discussion about fads
1: just cascades into other fads. Field correspondent Dickie Hall had a mullet for his first 3 weeks of college. Uh, and it was very impressive. I'll see if I can I'll see if I can get him to give up a picture of that like as a joke. Yeah, mm, the ironic mullet. Yeah, and it uh You got to be careful it, with that. Well, his resident advisor was like, "We could give you a mullet and uh, and so in his College ID he has this raunchy like super mullet and and it's funny. De- it's delightful. So D- Dickie Hall's mullet death get eight avocados straight up.
0: Okay. Moving on, still in fashion, Miami Vice fashion. Oh. The show Miami Vice inspired oh. people to dress in T shirts and pastel colored blazers. Bring Would, oh You love it.
1: Pastel blade Yeah Bring them yeah,
0: back I agree I, I loved Miami Vice fashion I wanted to be Don Johnson
1: I think I Did, have a, Mostly at church But I had a I don't I had several Miami Vice School folders For my class That I kept in my Trapper keeper Nice Uh But I think I might have Like a pastel green Blazer in my Closet right now Like I'm ready Yeah Okay Okay and, you know, and throw on top of that, you know, that awesome soundtrack to Miami Vice. I had that on cassette. That was one of my first cassettes was the Miami Vice soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great yeah. show. The yeah. show was so much fun. Um, that's a show that both my mom and I were into. So we look forward to Friday nights. Um, it was a great show. It
0: was it like, seems, it was I mean, but it was one of those shows that like was moving towards kind of some kind of cinema type
1: experience. Oh, definitely. For TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Mann. Um, but uh, it seems funny to me now that my mom let me watch that show. But the goalpost
0: has moved, my friend.
1: She was always kind of different about uh, about uh, mysteries. And you know, kind of police shows than she was about other stuff. Like, there could be violence and sex and I, even drug use in a in a in a police oriented show. And you know, I think probably in her in her mind, all the, you know, the cops are the heroes. You know, and the bad guys are the bad guys. There's you know, that's all that mattered in the eighties. There's something that uh, I guess I could take from that. I don't know. But, you could
0: th- um, you could throw a little drug smuggling and uh, a, a occasional use of the word damn. Late. But as long as the bad guys were losing and the good guys in pastel were winning,
1: but that meant in the third grade, man, I knew what this—I knew what it meant to have the smugglers' blues.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Um,
1: so what? What are we talking
0: on avocados here? It sounds like an eight. Uh,
1: that, yeah, that's like <laughs> I, let's just say seven point five.
0: Okay, but. just mainly because, uh, because you take the. You take the process seriously. Yeah. You're not just handing out eights. I wonder yeah. if any
1: fad's going to get an like eight here. Like to reserve the eight.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with something that was huge on this next one. And I I have a short list after each a decade here of s- some things that I've seen listed as fads that I find debatable. And this might be on that list. But it was so big. I, and I was so caught up in it. I got to mention it breakdancing
1: oh yeah so cool i mean
0: who did not there was beat street and there was Breakin'. those were two movies that came out pretty pretty close together Beat Street was not on my
1: radar Breakin' definitely was oh beat street was for
0: for me to big time beat street was more of a graffiti movie
1: you know Uh, this is also something that was definitely not encouraged in my household
0: oh yeah 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 (laughs) Well, I think I gravitated towards hip-hop because it was the thing that pissed off my dad the most. (laughs) More than punk. um, Breakdancing for me was like... The world was really enthralled with this New York City uh, uh, uptown culture, you know, that that, uh, was coming on the scene that was eventually going to take over the culture, as evidenced by that... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by, by that uh, halftime show that we watched by Kane Brown and oh, yeah. Um, yeah man I we we had like a breakdancing day at school where, oh wow where we like came and did break
1: did breakdancing and... we I mean I sorry I've
0: taken over your avocado
1: review but I broke down I definitely would like to hear about your relationship with the two uh, I definitely broke down my share of cardboard boxes and did yeah some back spins and some Got your back spin, got your head spin. You got your
0: uh, do the worm. Oh well, I still do the worm at a wedding. <laughs> every time, every time. Invite me to your wedding. See, see it.
1: Um, I I was doing the worm as as recently as a few years ago. I think I would kill myself if I attempted it right now.
0: I I would come close. I'd definitely be injured. <laughs> Maybe there's some hospital
1: time. I've always wondered what a sports hernia was. I think that I, uh, if we'll I were to attempt out. the worm, I would find out very quickly. Fair enough.
0: Um, but I I think that this item maybe doesn't belong on this list because of uh, was breakdancing really a fad or I mean, yeah I, I, I would
1: say breakdancing is an art form. It's it's now yeah. really you know it's, a, it's as legitimate to me as ballet or for sure modern dance or you know tap dancing yeah Yeah. definitely so i i don't want to
0: amplify the message that any of these fads have gone away if you love them if you're out there and you love breakdancing that was not a fad of the 80s that is right now yeah b-boy for real give it an avocado rating mainly
1: because
0: okay we got an eater all right Rubik's cube
1: <laughs> uh yeah uh do you remember the Rubik's snake yes
0: I remember I, I remember all of the Rubik's toys they were all awesome yeah um, uh, Rubik's cube was early 80s it was a huge man like you saw it everywhere and and then and then you started seeing like... Experts and competitions of guys yeah, just yeah. crushing it in record time.
1: By the way, I never really was good at them.
0: Oh, I've never solved a
1: Rubik's cube. <laughs> okay, me neither. <laughs> I've taken the stickers off and rearranged them. You know and who taken them apart. You know who was really good at it. He got, he got into it. It was it was uh, our our mutual friend Ben Westney. Uh, when he was on tour playing cello for David Byrne, oh. uh, he took up the Rubik's Cube, I guess it's something to do on the tour bus or something, and he was quite good at it, and he carried one around, and when he visited me in New York City, he had a Rubik's Cube in his pocket and took it out and was firing it off and figuring it out, and, uh, and so that was cool. I, I wonder if we could play some Pink Martini here sometime.
0: I don't know, I'll talk to him <laughs> about
1: that. Um, i'm sure we could yeah um
0: so what do you think seven and a half okay so i I feel good because i i've picked all big uh big fads here that you you rated high let me tell you some things that i saw on a list that are debatable okay converse all-stars
1: yeah is that really a
0: fad i mean i think that that has just pervaded the culture
1: yeah, I think they're still stylish and always yeah. were. Yeah, uh, now, to me, they now, seem like universal. Now, now mixing an electric blue converse high top with a neon day Glow yellow converse high top. Well, okay,
0: so neon was a big fad of the eighties. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. Those that kind of faded
1: now, away. Now, that would be, and and I would say, uh, you know, there's part of me that would still, if you were to do that, I would say, oh, that's pretty cool what you're doing, actually.
0: Well, you won't catch me doing it. Don't worry. <laughs> I just realized some. Most of the time, I do the show with just one headphone on, so that I can hear my voice. And I've had, yep. I've had both headphones in. Have I just been shouting for the past twenty minutes?
1: Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess I'm, we
0: can hear. We can listen back. That'll be great. If I've if it sounded a little loud, it was because I had both of in. All right,
1: I, I fixed that. I was that. doing I was doing the same thing, so maybe <laughs> I was talking too loud too. Um,
0: what about goatee beards? <laughs> 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 I saw that on a list of fads of the '80s, and I was like,
1: hmm. Is I would think that that, of that is more fad? of a '90s thing. I
0: see it more as like a Maynard G. Krebs beatnik
1: thing. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah. Um
0: sure okay
1: but i yeah i think of like all of the bare naked ladies mm-hmm. in the 90s had goatees
0: what a fascinating piece of trivia <laughs> <laughs> all right what about the word psych psych is that a fad uh is something is a something is a word like being like not or something is or th- is that See, a fact?
1: I think that's a pretty interesting. Just that's just an interesting thing about youth culture, is like affirming something and then unaffirming it, and then affirming it again. It's like something you do while you're still like you're, you're forming your personality, and you don't wanna you don't wanna call anything cool, and you, and but it's really easy to call things uncool. But then you might second guess yourself and be like, "Oh, did I just call something uncool that's actually cool?" So then you say "psych" or not, and then you can hopefully move on before anybody realizes the horrible mistake you've made. Uh-huh. And you know, that's I think that that's just a youth culture thing. With you know, no matter what word you use, like not just "JK," um, mm-hmm. or even like you know the, the kids do it now, be like, "Oh, I'm low key loving this," you know. Mm-hmm you know you don't sound like i'm loving it too much i'm low-key loving it which is just. I feel
0: like so much of this could be applied to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay come on let's move on to the 90s okay i I don't know how much time you have are you busy you gotta go
1: no uh, i'm cool until midnight
0: okay good good
1: i think we've got plenty of time (laughs) let's
0: uh you have plans at midnight
1: no, I just, that's definitely when I need Oh, Okay, okay, to in all right. <laughs> okay. Um, so cool. I can still get the right amount of sleep to be functional tomorrow. Okay. Moving
0: on to the 90s. I'm going to start with one that, for me, like I was aware of it, but it really never impacted my life. But I see how huge it became. It's funny because I'm starting with a toy again Beanie Babies.
1: Uh yeah, not not on my radar at all. Um, I thought it was extremely weird. Yeah, and that's one of those things where that strange secondary market, uh, you know, popped up for them, where you know they were were just like frenzy decided that certain ones were worth a certain amount of money, and it all turned out to be uh, a load of hooey. Mm. Um, I don't know why right. I just. Stop myself from cursing there. But uh, (laughs) um, maybe because I'm talking about a children's toy. Well, you're
0: fan servicing, which means giving the fans oral sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I wanted
0: to take away your lack of cursing with some salacious material.
1: That's... (laughs) I mean, I do think of that every time I say fan (laughs) And like I started saying fan servicing cuz I thought it was funny. But then Well, you know, I think
0: Beanie Babies are fucking cunts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and okay, okay. earn the explicit rating tonight. Okay.
0: Okay. Sorry everybody. Yeah. Um give it Fanser- a give it a rating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean Beanie Babies, uh baseball cards, anything that depends on an arbitrary secondary market I mean, low, like three, three avocados. Three,
0: I love Um, it. I'm so glad that happened. However, if
1: you if you remove the secondary market, like I think baseball cards are pretty neat, and I like to look at them. You know, you just don't don't, like people like. uh, I don't. Yeah.
0: Or just the whole valuation of them. Yeah, people putting
1: you know arbitrarily high numbers on them, and then and I I got to admit, I feel like I got screwed over in some trades as a young man with beanie babies Um, no with Uh, uh, all right sorry (laughs) and actually i shouldn't say that because uh, you know i traded a card that had an arbitrary value that is now completely worthless Mm -hmm. like a canseco rookie for a bunch of cards that i thought were cool like i remember i traded that i traded one canseco rookie for like five cards including like a don mattingly memorial card tribute card uh a like early Jose Cruz card and a card that had Ozzy ozzy Smith doing in mid backflip. Mm. So he was upside down on the card. That was like like getting my hands on that was awesome. Shrewd. And uh so, you know, I yeah, I turned that one Jose Canseco card where he had a mullet and, you know, he <laughs> he <laughs> he ended up being one of the uh I don't know. I should I won't disparage him, but it seems to me like he was. Uh, he seems like a very bad person in retrospect. Uh, right. So, and Ozzie Smith. I'm pretty sure Ted Cruz. Yeah, great, great people. So, um, so I think that yeah. Now, thank you for bringing this up because I'm now realizing that that I won that. Uh, won that trade that uh, that whoever it was on the. Sixth grade bus thought they got the better of me, but they didn't. Oh, Well, you're welcome, and the the listeners, thank you too. So here's <laughs> here's a fad
0: that here's a fad that you can't put a value on, the Macarena.
1: Oh, I huge. First of all, I will now have La Macarena in my head for the next three weeks, but that's okay. You're welcome. I don't mind having La Ma, La Macarena in my head. I love that song, and I love picturing those those two guys dancing to it and then the whole uh gang of you know very attractive latin women dancing to it and anybody dancing to it sometimes i dance to it in my head yeah and i'm dancing to it right now it was big and i love that song yeah wait what, what do you give it eight eight avocados you got an two eight or eight. all
0: right all right okay we're moving back into fashion now and in the 1990s the fashion was grunge
1: uh I definitely participated in that one.
0: Oh, man, who didn't? I definitely had cool.
1: like longish cut-off jeans that I wore with Converse, right? And or, or, or hikes or hiking boots and you know, heavy, humongous flannel shirts. Yeah. Yeah and you know and then often like yeah weirdly warm like wool hats at strange times in texas yeah um there in
0: lots of ways actually i haven't had a flannel shirt in a long time and i got one last year my my family gave me a patagonia flannel for for christmas and man it just feels good oh no grunge grunge was just so comfy yeah, I love it. I, was, I love it when the fashion skews toward comfy. I was very upset when jeans got skinnier.
1: I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, I support the comfort, and I, st- I, you know, I still think it actually, you know, kind of looks cool too. Yeah, I
0: don't. I I think grunge is, is um uh, what's uh what's when it's always in fashion? <laughs> perennial, perennial, sure. Um, man. yeah, everlasting. What are we giving Grunge? 7.5. 7.25. Yeah, I like, I like that, that. I like that. Okay, here's one that's going to get a low rating. Oxygen bars.
1: <laughs> by, vir- by virtue of them being <sighs> extremely <sighs> funny to me. I'm in an oxygen <laughs> bar
0: right now.
1: You might get a high rating just because. And make it made me laugh so much. Oh, there
0: weren't they oxygen bars didn't have the kind of impact of some of the a lot of the other things we've been talking about, but they were quite the curiosity for just a moment, no doubt. And boy, boy, did you look like some kind of beanie baby cunt <laughs> sitting in an oxygen bar, huffing <laughs> on a tube for pay,
1: <laughs> paying for it. No doubt. Yes. Oxygen bars, one hundred percent horse shit. But also hilarious. So six and a half avocados. This is by far the most cussing I've done in an episode. Yeah, I had I mean I couldn't I couldn't let you do all the cussing. It took
0: me it, it took me forty seven episodes to just People
1: might think I was. My sister. my
0: sister was like, I said something about I you know, I'm trying to just uh, you know, not be too Uh, I'm not trying not to work blue and she was like it's a pg show um oxygen bars put a
1: 13 on that pg what are are
0: we uh what are we giving that
1: (laughs) put an old one three on that pg uh oxygen bars like I said uh obviously totally silly uh but also extremely humorous fun right so six and a half six and a half I like it
0: I like it we're not talking about uh, 2015 PG. We're talking about 1987 PG. Yeah, definitely. Here. We're talking oh, yeah. about Sonya. We're talking about Red Sonya. Red
1: Sonya, yeah. There's a yeah. European Vacation. There might be some right. German oh, boobies oh, up here.
0: I, yeah, European
1: Vacation did show breasts, right? The, uh, it was PG-13. The, the Goonies kids gluing the dick on upside down. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, here we go. One more for the 90s. Rollerblades.
1: Rollerblades are awesome. <laughs> okay. That's I, I never had them. I always wanted them. Um, I never, yeah. I mean, I was I was always a skater. Um, so that's, you know, obviously that's its own kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, like I love like seeing somebody who's really good on them, just looking like they're floating. Yeah, it looks awesome.
0: I'm so torn on those. I, I I mean, I see what you mean. Athletically, they're awesome, but I also think they're uh, the fanny pack of rolling shoes. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I um, I'm, yeah, I think they're pretty dumb. But
1: I think probably I, I could see an argument. Where I hope Rolls Andrew States Walsh cooler, doesn't hear do me. But also, like, have you ever watched like a some pretty good pe- people play roller hockey? It's super exciting.
0: Sure. My
1: brother played uh, roller hockey, uh, field correspondent Dicky Hall. Uh, Lucas Marquardt, um, our thoroughbred horse racing correspondent, uh, he played roller hockey. We used to go see him at Chelsea Piers. He would always like go out of the way to like board check somebody right in front of us. Nice. Because he knew we were drunkenly cheering him on. Super fun, yeah. Yeah, don't. don't. All right, all right. What do you give the Andrew, don't, don't. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to One me. Ladies, cool. Don't listen to me,
0: Mr. Walsh. We're, we're, uh, give, me, give me a raw score.
1: Uh, seven avocados. Seven.
0: Impressive. Some things that are listed from the 90s that to me that are debatable. Tattoos. <laughs> That's stupid. That's, That's stupid. That's just idiotic. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pokemon. Dude, Pokemon is as strong as ever i don't know yeah. if it was and you know I, we weren't kids you know uh, as as we get out of the 80s there's no well i mentioned beanie babies but uh, <laughs> i don't know pokemon is forever mm-hmm. uh piercings i guess piercings had a flowering in the 90s but. So.
1: and then I, I, but i mean come on definitely like, people, like yeah people get people still get stuff pierced Body piercing, definitely, yeah, came on the scene in the 90s. Okay, that's fair enough.
0: Maybe it came on the scene and maybe it just persists in Austin. I live in Austin.
1: Um, I got a body piercing in 1993, Matthew. And at that point, you had to go to a tattoo shop and buy the jewelry. A tattoo shop or a head shop or some other shop of ill repute. And buy the jewelry, and then they would give you a number to call. Oh. Where a renegade piercer, he didn't work out of a shop because there were no shops, and you know they weren't at the time supposed to do it in tattoo parlors, or whatever. Uh, it was, it was, I guess regulated or whatever. Um, and so, I did it. I was in Houston for Christmas from Lubbock, and I went down. I got the ring, and I called the guy. And he had me meet meet him at this uh, at this bar called Goat's Head Soup. Um, and it was before like the, the it was it was kind of a rock and roll club. And it was before things got going. I remember we went in there. My friend Brian went with me. He drove me down there, and we went in there. And there was this huge dude. I guess he was like the sound guy or something. He was asleep on the stage, just flat on his back. He looked like he was dead. We had to wake him up and be like, Whoa, oh, where's this guy?" And he's like, "Oh, I'd back go up the stairs." We went up to this weird, like, kind of like green carpet and black leather sofa office. It was like the office for the, for the club. Is this in and Lubbock? No, this is in Houston. Okay. And that's where the guy was. And then, like, I, I, <laughs> I laid back on the uh, couch and he pierced me, um, and put the ring in. And that's when That's how I got my right nipple pierced, Matthew. Uh, was, are, are you still wearing jewelry in
0: your nipple? No, definitely, uh, okay. definitely not. Yeah.
1: But I was—I was far and away the first person that I knew. That's a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah, it's crazy through, to you know, get like, a piece of metal stuck through your nip. We had to, uh, yeah, we had to, we had to shake the tree.
0: i am glad you went with the right nipple.
1: <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure you know. i decided on that one
0: because you know that's significant i think the
1: guy looked at him and was like yeah that's the better name
0: okay well and then another one that was listed on a list uh, that i saw was napster which i don't think that's a fad that was
1: that's no, a yeah, that's, that's
0: a thing that led to some other things that's a failure well i mean it was it was just a precursor to to other things it was yeah, yeah. the start of streaming media and,
1: yeah you know,
0: you're right it's just done in a, a sort of pirate fashion yeah um okay we're moving on
1: i definitely did my share of naps pre-millennium
0: tension pre-millennium tension here
1: but even better than Napster was Audio Galaxy that a bunch of our friends worked for.
0: The 2000s. Remember when we celebrated uh, the Millennium together? In that, in that rich house in the hills yeah. with Ollie and them? Yeah, yeah that was fun. Um, so we've moved, we've moved in the Millennium, and I'm starting with... Oh, wait. Did I get the score for Rollaglade? Robo- oh, yeah.
1: Um, flash mobs. Flash mobs, I think, are cool. I, I understand the problems that they have and... Uh... Uh, I understand I understand a why people think they're dorky and B why they're like kind of a problem um, for retailers. Yeah and yeah just general for the public safety but uh, but I think uh, yeah like if I'm standing there and all of a sudden around everybody around me starts dancing in unison I'm I'm there for that. that's cool. way to make the world a little bit more magical, a little bit more dreamlike a little weirder of a place course
0: any kind of mob is a problem for public safety especially mob deep um
1: (laughs) how about the goody mob
0: all right oh the goody I. how
1: about uh, what were you gonna say (laughs) there's an old like there's an old like hard rock band called the lynch mob oh yeah sure the lynch mob but yeah, I didn't even want to say that out loud. I'm like, why? How was that even? Because now you're thing. like yeah. a
0: juggalo. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, Flash mobs. Give me a raw score. I like I like Flash seven. mobs because it was oh seven. That's great. It was one. Well, it was seven one on of the first caters. examples of like people communicating on the internet. And doing something in real yeah. life
1: together—that was that was, yeah. that was doing, pretty cool. Doing something fun that we can, yeah. you know, that everybody can coordinate and agree on. And, I and remember, especially s- now when nobody agrees on anything, some it of seems nice. That-
0: some of those first flash mobs that went viral were pretty good too. Like people yeah. doing the Thriller dance together all of a sudden in a mall or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's one, and I, I this one's on the fence of maybe this just changed the culture, uh, but uh, energy drinks. <laughs> energy drinks became a huge thing in the 2000s, the aughts. Yeah,
1: I, I'd say, yeah, they're a trend, not a fad. We're cra- they're definitely a craze.
0: Well, they were suddenly everywhere, right? Yeah. And then we turned them into that...
1: Uh, that did time, ever,
0: that time honored tradition, the get
1: right. Did you ever speak, uh, man, speaking of poor choices, uh, I guess we're going deep on Schaefer's poor choices in this, uh, you didn't know this, it was uh, going
0: to turn into that, did you?
1: I don't, I, I, for the record, I don't think that, uh, getting any, any part of my body pierced was a particularly good choice. Here's um, our craze for you. Schaefer's poor choices. <laughs> poor choices. Uh, uh, did you ever have the original Four Loco before they made it illegal?
0: Well, I worked at a beer distributor, and we were the purveyor of Sparks.
1: Oh, yeah, Sparks, which Sparks? was equally, if not more, potent, I, uh, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed many Sparks. I think Four Loko seemed to me to be more po- more potent though.
0: did it okay well i i i did drink some I don't know and they're
1: dangerous i don't know what was in four loco in their in their like energy cocktail mix but there was something that when combined with alcohol made us completely insanely crazy because we yeah, we uh we experimented with one afternoon while we were watching football um we got it at the corner store on Franklin Avenue in Brooklyn, and sorry, <laughs> uh, and it was uh, a a chef friend of ours named Dave, uh, and my friend Jason and I, and we got like six of them or something. So we Oof. ended up drinking like two each, and we went bananas—just bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and then none of us ever did it again. And later I heard it was legal. And I was like, yeah, that's a good. That's smart. And then that they had a good thing. And then they had Senate hearings on them. No doubt.
0: So what are you given that?
1: Uh, the experience was, you know, probably, you know, that was like a six and a half. It was definitely... Uh, Something to be experienced once, but uh the craze—that uh, wasn't good for anybody. That's more like a four. Giving it a four. Four avocados. Yeah, fair enough. All right. What about house
0: flipping? Remember how this? <laughs> remember how house flipping turned into everybody's ticket to
1: and success? That was, that was cable cable reality TV's fault, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like,
0: there were a couple of crews. Were in this area too, that had shows on
1: HGTV and stuff. Like all of a sudden,
0: uh, all of a sudden, everybody thought they were just going to start
1: buying houses and good, flipping. Good for whoever made money doing it, and you know, good for anybody who's organized.
0: You can make money doing this, but yeah. it, but the way they portrayed it on television shows was pretty absurd, and
1: yeah. and, and may still be. It's a lot more a lot more work than all that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, all of a sudden it was I mean, huge. we know some people who do quite a good job of it and good for them.
0: Well, I the, I mean people we know are in construction and house renovation. Yeah. house flipping. That whole idea of I'm going to flip a house was the that was the craze. It's like 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 a coin. I'm just going to take this coin on my thumb and <laughs> flip it up mm-hmm. and double my
1: profits. Uh in so much as you know in any way that it's used as a legitimate business model fine but in so much as it as generally increasing the property value in a place makes it hard for people who don't make as much money to find places to live that's not a good thing right so oh i yes just because i don't i don't trust people to be responsible for themselves and not you know not drive up prices in unhealthy ways Uh, I'm going to just give it a I'll give it a right in the middle of a four I'm going to give it a three
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like house flipping it gives people false impressions okay just a couple more Mm -hmm. how about sleeved blankets Uh, there was the snuggie Yeah, and the competitor, the Slanket
1: I I have never uh, had one myself, but I, I think that they're great. Uh, I, I have I have a microfiber blanket, you know, throw blanket on my couch that I love. So, so yes, all for it. Raw score. Seven avocados. Oh, here comes the train. Keeping, keeping warm and comfortable is always a good thing. Open your door so we can hear. Oh, that's the stuff. That is a, it was Tom Wade's birthday yesterday. We know where you live. Sound of a train at night. Okay, one more. Yes, sir.
0: Texas Hold'em Poker. I don't you know, know. I don't know if you remember, but in the two thousands, suddenly, everybody was playing Texas yeah. Hold'em. There were shows, and, of course, we we know we know people who got deep into the into the actual culture.
1: Uh, sure, of one of poker. them is a one of them is a field correspondent on this show and brother of mine. Um, I. I don't. I've never participated in one of those big uh, Texas Hold'em tournaments. Maybe it's fun. I don't understand the whole like uh, the way the the ante goes in circles and increases. Like I love playing table poker and playing crazy games like. Uh, you know, we play Cincinnati Stud, but it should
0: be the dealer's choice. High Chicago, choice. low Chicago, yeah. Sure, it should be dealer's All choice. Games, and suddenly, it became Texas Hold'em was the style.
1: So yeah, of the, the fact day. that there's like people out there that only know how to play that, and there are, you know, poker games where they only play that. I don't, I don't think that's very cool. Um, but uh, I know, like, I, I think like. They say that it's good for tournament play because, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of fortunes can change hands very quickly and you can decide on a winner. Um, it's also good for being televised, I guess. I don't really know. Um, Maybe so. But I would say it's one of my least favorite of all the Ask poker games. Ask Jennifer Tilly. What was her uh,
0: name? Yeah. <laughs> Is that, did I say <laughs> that name right? You did. You know who I'm talking about.
1: Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, Give it a so, squat. yeah. Uh, Four avocados. Yeah,
0: a few that are debatable from the odd odds. Fantasy leagues.
1: Oh gosh! <laughs> that took Don't over the world. Uh,
0: MySpace that just turned into something else. Yeah. McMansions. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah. iPods. I mean, that was just... But it was just a thing on the way to another thing. And yeah, They do. They're inside our phones. So. Right. Well, that segment went on way too long, and everybody's <laughs> tired of fads, and I feel like we really got to wrap it up. Yeah, um, I think we'll definitely
1: bump anything that's left on yeah, the show sheets. We, we'll we'll
0: we had a poetry corner. We'll move it to the next time.
1: Uh, I did want to remind all ye hunter gatherers and members of one magical nation about the store uh which the zazzle store which you can just go to zazzle and uh search for one magical hour or you can uh, hop on our facebook page and uh one of those posts has a link to the zazzle store uh get yourself some one magical hour yoga pants um so lots of other cool stuff: the hoodie,
0: or, the Christmas ornament, if you're wondering the mug. What
1: to get for that hunter gatherer who has it all? The hunter gatherer in your life. We've got your Christmas covered. And then uh, the take one, a picture of yourself
0: with the item, and we'll put it on the Facebook page.
1: Get at us, yeah, absolutely. So excited. Uh, uh, yeah. I know that I'm probably going to be that store's biggest customer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. that's absolutely fine with me um, super excited about it spoiler alert everyone
0: in schaefer's life <laughs>
1: so uh, if someone
0: had told you in 2019 you're gonna start a podcast and end up giving the merch to everybody for christmas next year you'd have been like bit, come on
1: a bit of for yeah a bit of forward promotion. Thursday night, we'll be visiting with M- Matthias Felina about his dream delivery service. Super excited about that. Uh, also, uh, Saturday night, we're going to have on super fans, Kat and Jeff, uh, husband and wife, uh, super fans. We're going to ask them how they, do they like sit with the one headphone in one one person's ear and one headphone in the other person's ear, just holding hands and laughing at one magical nation are you sure they're still listening spoiler alert Are you I'm sure they're still sure listening they are yeah okay uh i can give you the numbers from kilgore texas if you like no, no, sure <laughs> not. uh and we're going to do a special quiz night uh and i think we have something uh we're co- if if it works out we're cooking up something really really fun for that for that night uh worth worth getting excited about um once again thanks to each and each and every one of you who listen uh we appreciate you so much and we love you all we look forward to hearing from you and until then the poor the choices the sweeter the fat
2: Last Sunday on a lamppost I found a yellow handbill With your number That said apartment for rent Now my mind is filled with questions That will never be answered Girl Since our love was spent Did you shack up Did you crack up Did you give up Did you live up To your dreams New York City I still can't find that picture One of me and you Under an umbrella on your birthday Maybe I burned it That sounds like something I do One morning I remember You gave me New York City Now, my dear, I'm giving it back to you The room where we shot the lights out Will soon be a different color Who could live with walls so blue Did you shack up? Did you crack up? Did you give up? Did you live up to your dreams of New York City? Did you shack up? Did you crack up? Did you give up? Did you live up to your dreams of New York City?